0: You've turned
1: on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where Shannon and I, I think almost every single week, honest, straightforward, off-the-cuff conversations about sex and marriage and life and love and all that that involves. And so, one of the things we love hearing, because a lot of what fuels our show, because I think you could say we are listener-driven radio, is you think? That, yes, we are, <laughs> and our listeners are—they rock. They're mm-hmm. they're the sexiest ones because we've met several of them. At the getaway and via email at feedback <laughs> at, at sexy the past radio. Yep. And feedback at sexymerge radio.com is where you can email us. And speaking of the getaway, I, I came across a review that's on iTunes because if you like the show, I want you to jump on iTunes. This is my personal plea to you. If you love what we do, jump on there. Five star review helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category because that's swimming against the stream in that category on iTunes. And yep. if you also like it even more, leave a comment, because that also helps draw in listeners. And if you like it even more, I'm going to ask you to join the Bed Buddy Club and help support us. Yeah. Because it's one of those, just look for the purple button at sexymarriageradio.com. But this, rev- this review says that this, the show has been very effective in aiding to frame issues in, their, in a constructive manner in the relationship, marital communication, and their growth. This podcast has proved to be a blessing during a time of healing in our journey. Our 41st anniversary will definitely be a true celebration this year. Corey and Shannon, thank you so much for contributing to our beautiful relationship. It's rare for me to have a Christmas wish, but I have one Christmas wish this year. I want to attend the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway in 2017. Ah, so that's awesome.
0: I hope she gets her wish. I do too. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. And hey, every once in a while, we get um, some feedback that isn't you know, quite as glowing. And and I want to respond to something that someone said. They said "Uh, they love the show, thought we were doing a lot of good, but they were just concerned with our labels on the Bed Buddy Club, that it just sounded a little too, I don't know if it was crass or offensive or whatever. A little but risque, I'm gonna, yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to defend it because I think that, when we grow up in really religious homes where we, you know, well-intentioned parents taught us to be very discerning about all things sexual, that we look at it through this, le- this negative lens. But I want to just remind everybody that French kissing and foreplay and 69, that is all, all very holy, sacred <laughs> thing. Those are all very holy, sacred things. Uh, and so I don't think that there's anything sacrilegious about it at all. God made the female genitalia, God made the male genitalia, God made our mouths, he made our bodies to fit together. He created passion. This was all his idea. There is nothing un And
1: and to quote uh- to quote Mark Gunger, I I love it because his phrase is I can't he can't imagine God sitting up there and saying, "Oh my, I never thought they would do that." <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow, they're more creative than me. Yeah, that's never said God never. (laughs) Um, But hey, another email that we got from a listener. I just want to ask your permission, Corey, will you just bear with me while I read the entire thing? Oh yeah,
1: the the floor is yours. I I,
0: I promise that our listeners will not be disappointed. Okay, so we did a show a couple episodes ago about sex hacks about practical things that you could do to just make sex easier or more fun Mm -hmm. or less messy or whatever. And I do want to also just throw another little one in here. Someone called our attention that the whole idea of coconut oil as a lubricant is a great idea, but that it can break down certain types of condoms. So if if pregnancy prevention is your goal, you might want to rethink the whole coconut oil thing. There's probably a lot of coconut oil babies walking around on the planet um but this one came from a guy who responded to our idea about the clone a willy kit kit, clone a willy kit say that 10 times fast the whole thing of making a mold of your own penis for your wife's pleasure Mm -hmm. for when you're traveling or for for when you know for when that season of ed creeps in and you know those are the seasons when he can't he can't cut the mustard anymore, but he should still be licking the jar. Mm-hmm. But, but this clona willy willie kit uh, was actually something that one of our listeners tried. And I just want to say thanks so much, Nate, for the huge laugh. So here we go. He says, I heard you guys chatting about this clone a kit on yesterday's podcast. I just wanted to share my experience with the kit in case it benefits you or the show at all. My wife and I tried out the kit several years ago before we had any kids. It was a Valentine's Day project. I'd run across the kit somewhere online and thought it looked like something fun for a married couple to do on Valentine's Day. A few things to think about, though. The kit essentially makes a plaster mold of your manhood. If you ever made a plaster mold of anything, you know a few things. Number one, it's a little messy. And number two, it takes some time to set. And number three, to get the cleanest mold possible, it's best to be hairless. Well, now the mess isn't too big of a deal. We did it on the kitchen or in the kitchen and it's easy to clean floor. And we laid down some towels, if I recall. He says the set time, I think, was a full minute, which doesn't sound like a long time, except when you consider that the man needs to stay as erect as possible for that whole minute with essentially no direct stimulation. He says some guys are just studs like that and it's no big deal. But some of us need a little help. And so for that reason, my wife put on her performance hat and did everything she was comfortable doing to keep me aroused for that full 60 seconds. She did a great job. And honestly, it added so much to the experience. As for the hair, well, I've preferred to be hairless for years, shaving, waxing, whatever it takes. So this was not an issue for me. And he says, after the set time is up, you have one more thing to deal with getting yourself out of the mold without damaging it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) After all that excitement keeps things solid down there. Now you need to calm down a bit to give yourself some room to get free. That's Mm -hmm. when you start thinking about Mother Teresa or Prince Fielder or somebody like that. There's a bit of suction keeping you in place. I found that it took a bit of pressure to get the mold off, And I was pretty terrified that I was going to do damage to the mold, but it held up and it came off with a pretty audible suction release. Yep. (laughs) The rest of the procedure was pretty simple. Mix up the CyberSkin goop and put it into the mold around the cheapy slim vibrator that comes with the kit. He said, just be careful to get the vibrator as close to the center as possible. You don't want it protruding out the side of the finished product. That would be painful. Ouch. He says, I also think it's worth mentioning that the finished product gave me a little bit of an ego boost with an exclamation point. He said, I've never been able to see my own penis that close and it looked more impressive than my self-image portrays. So much so that I told my wife, I felt like the toy somehow ended up girthier than me. And she told me that I was wrong and that the toy was pretty accurate and that she's always thought that I'm plenty the man. I would call that a positive outcome. Anyway, hope this this helps your understanding of the product and it helps to show some how to keep up the good work. That's funny. (laughs) I think that's hysterical that he would actually think that, but it turned out bigger than I really am. How is that even possible? (laughs)
1: Well, do you not know how that's possible?
0: How is that possible? That's, That's
1: architecture 101. If you're looking at something from the top down, it always is smaller. If you're taking an aerial view of something, it's smaller.
0: I never thought about that. So every
1: man that looks at his own penis, he only sees it from one perspective, and so it's one of those. Wow, I feel so small because he's looking at everybody else's from a different angle, and they look bigger at that angle. Oh
0: my goodness! (laughs) I never thought of that, Corey Allen. Hopefully that gives. And, you reason to put their shoulders back and hold their head a little higher.
1: Exactly. So it is one of those recognizing, okay, hold on. This is architecture. I got to recognize that I'm looking at it from the worst possible vantage point.
0: Well, and and here's the other thing that you have to remember too. It is not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. There you You go. It's it's not the size at all. I I just think that men get so hung up on that and that women really don't care that much about that. It's what you can do do with it it's how you can make her feel
1: yeah yeah
0: so anyway so now that we've had some levity yeah that's awesome start out the show we are
1: going deep today
0: yeah I I thought that it would be good for us to start on a more lighthearted note because I knew that you were going to grab us by the ankle and pull us into really deep waters today with this topic
1: yeah this is this is coming from you know some of our conversation last week of the whole the give and take of relationships and the that I, I want my partner to understand what I'm saying and to hear me. And, and it's where I get beyond what I'm really in control of. And then this also comes from several different emails we've received that come into feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, where let me just kind of sum them up, I guess is the best way, and then we can un- unpack it. But the idea is so you, you have the premise of we have a high desire and we have a low desire. That's just a, a foundational belief I've got. Across the board. And especially when it comes to sex and intimacy. And those sometimes are different. But I'm talking about just, we're going to use this in the sexual desire. That the high desire and the low desire, the low desire will always control sex because they get to accept or reject every form of initiation that's out there. And so often, right. So they, oftentimes, the high desire then is is, fe- is left kind of trapped. And actually, they both are, because it's not usually like sometimes the low desire doesn't really want to be the low desire. They just are. So, mm-hmm. But the, the trend I've seen in the emails is, so we've had this one where the husband's the low desire. There's two or three emails that come right off the top of my head within the past couple of weeks that had this. Right. Where the husband is a low desire, and he says one of them was because of porn addiction. And he says he's done. With a porn addiction, but he's still not back in the marriage bed sexually. Okay. The other is he's he he wants to be more engaged, and he says he's going to up his game some, but he never follows through. And then that also happens with the wife being little desire where she's willing to talk about it, she's interested, she wants she's she's willing to be receptive, but she never follows through because this is the, this is the trouble, and this is where I, I think we've got to come at this. From a completely different lens, I think. Because one, the reality is there is differences between us. And the low desire partner could have the absolute best intentions knowing full well I do not have to follow through. Which now we're talking about a darker side of us as people. That if I can just keep you at bay and placate and and give the best intention speech then I can just ward off this fight for now and I've got a little bit, then we can deal with it later, you know? And it's just, this isn't to call out either side. This is really to try to recognize this is the fact of the deeper levels of marriage. The other way to think of it from what we talked about last week of, because you were, you were on a soapbox for a little bit of you know, ladies, if sometimes you just need to reward or you need to act your way into it. And and that kind of stuff. I said,
0: what I said that spurred your thinking was that it's easier to get what you want with honey than with vinegar.
1: There you go. And yeah, that's how you kind of summed it all up. But I was going back to the whole conversation of the exchange-based premise that a lot of times we have in marriage, that if I will give this to you, you'll give this back to me. And that just, so that's based on the premise that... We it's been an adage for a long, long time of people do the best they can with what they've got. Yeah. Well, what I want to add to this is what about the times that they don't and they intentionally don't do the best they can? Yeah, and because they don't want to. They don't care. You made the comment earlier last week about maybe because of our upbringing in a lot of religious circles, parents were shielding kids from sex and different things. And it seems like they're doing it out of protection, but what if they're not, that's not the best they can. They're, they're repeatedly doing the worst they can because they're afraid of dealing with it. And so they're just like, it's easier to not even bring it up. Right. That's not protection. That's selfishness. If you think about it, that's self-preservation Exactly, my own anxieties that I don't have to deal with and confront. And if there's one right, thing. That's trying to
0: stay in your comfort yep, zone. And
1: if there's one thing I have found that is guaranteed fact of married life, especially if it's a, if sex is involved in marriage, even if it's not, if it's a committed relationship, a guaranteed fact is we cannot escape the discomforting things of life on life terms when I'm dealing with another person. Yeah. Because what they want is going to be different than what I want.
0: Right. You're not clones of each yeah. other.
1: Even, yeah. It, it, yeah. Even if you make a clone of Willie, you're still, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, it's still just recognizing. So what do you, what do you, what are people left to do with that then is the struggle? Because how do you now deal with this kind of thing? Because that's the main issue.
0: That that's the big question. And it's interesting how it's not just the men who are saying, well, now, you know, my wife says she's interested, but yet she rarely ever follows through. And I just don't feel as if this is a really important relationship to her. It's not just the men. It, it's, you know, there are women who are saying, I'm the higher desire mm-hmm, partner. Absolutely. And I'm the one who feels as if I'm dying on the vine. And I wonder when is he ever going to step up to the plate and either pursue me or even just respond? Uh, that he's too too busy, too distracted, too disinterested, too stressed, too whatever whatever whatever. So just I just want to make sure that we that all of our listeners know that we're talking to both. Yeah. Husbands and wives yeah, this here. is
1: this is just a desire thing. This is just a difference in desire. Gender does not play into this. Right. This is all about the the struggle and the gridlock that comes from high desire low desire differences. Right, Because a lot of times the low desire easily plays the game because it lowers their own anxiety and the tension for the moment. It's that whole idea of they think, choosing not to choose, you've still made a choice, to quote right. Rush, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just recognizing that the idea of us having to – we can't, we can't solve these kinds of things. We have to live through them. And this is where yeah. it gets really, really tough.
0: See, I was going to say, you know, what is the goal? What is the agenda? Is it that the higher desired person finally gets their way and, and, and gets what they want? Or is it that they have to look at, you know, that they kind of have to enter into a higher state of maturity of why do I want this? Is my approach, is my approach effective? Am I making this person feel safe in my presence, et cetera, et cetera? Now on the flip side, the lower desire person kind of has to ask themselves, what am I afraid of? Or what am I resistant toward? Like, look, you know, peeling back the layers underneath, you know, what is it that I want, whether it's, whether it's connection or whether it's disconnection, put what you want aside and look at the deeper issues of why do I want that? And, and are they healthy motives?
1: and and can i find it in this relationship yeah well that's <laughs> yeah. a
0: really scary question absolutely
1: but that's the stru- that's the thing that we don't uh, you know as a marriage therapist i don't i don't enjoy talking about the ends of relationships cuz i'm not a proponent right. of hey you know what it's too much work get out it, right. no let's if, do the work it, right but there are times where It becomes no brainers in the relationship of, you know what, for my own self worth and my own health and my own life, I've got to really make some tough calls. And then now all of a sudden it starts, we've shifted from a system gridlock to a personal gridlock of I have to wrestle with my own beliefs, desires, integrity, character, all of that. And because I had a couple I was working with years ago where they were just holding on for dear life and largely it was, he was holding on to her, but she, yeah. and so what finally clicked it for them. And I still would love to know what happened. I don't, my hunch is they're not together, but I don't, I don't have any confirmation of that, but he didn't want to accept the fact that she was done. She didn't want to be the person that made it done because that made her the bad guy,
0: the bad guy. Yeah,
1: and so they both were wrestling, and it's so much easier if I could just get my partner to just agree. You know that if I, if you would just see it my way, then it 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 takes me off the hook, (laughs) and it's like no, and then we wouldn't
0: have a problem. It
1: doesn't because we still have to go through life and take hits in life, and so when I'm talking about married sex, and I'm talking about the high desire, because this is one of the things that's come up from a couple of different people from both men and women of mm-hmm. if I'm the high desire and I want my partner to be the one that makes more of initiations, one of the things you've got to come to grips with, the fact that you are the high desire partner, so the initiation is largely going to be on your shoulders. That's right. just the reality of the dynamic. Right. And so if you're a woman and you're not uh, keen to the idea of, hey, I'm, I just don't want, I want to be, okay, yeah, I understand you want to, but in the system you're in, you've got to face life on life terms. Right. And that's the reality of it. And so that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to learn how to initiate like a man or something. It says No, you've got to confront what is it in you that makes it to where if you initiate, it lessens it if you get mm. it or don't. And obviously the rejection is the reality of everybody.
0: I, I was going to say, I think that the real root of the problem isn't as much whether they get it or not. Oh, let's be real. We can all take care of our own sexual needs for release or whatever. The issue is the feeling of rejection. Mm-hmm. It comes with not only am I not being pursued, I'm not being received in my pursuit, And that can make you feel like, what the heck, is this even a marriage at all? Yeah. I, I, my heart goes out to our listeners who have emailed us very detailed descriptions of their marriage dynamic. And it's like, whew, that's gotta be tough. And so we just want to, we just want to say, you know, thanks for your vulnerability. And we recognize you are in a very difficult place, but I agree, Corey, sometimes you really do have to ask yourself the question, can I continue doing this? Because that's the definition of insanity, continuing to do the same thing over and over expecting different results.
1: Right. Well, because and, it, and it may not happen. Well, but we're also capable because i want to add the flip side to it because this is one of my favorite clients I've ever had. And she was early on. And I love because her awareness was when she came in, I just asked, what do you want to work on? And she said, I feel stuck in my marriage and I don't want to feel stuck, but I don't want to leave. All right, and don't want to
0: leave here. Don't want to stay. It's right, a Sarah Groves'
1: line. She just, she just wanted to feel empowered to make a choice to feel stuck, and that changes the ball game. Hmm. If now all of a sudden I'm empowered, of okay, hold on, I can confront these differently. I can deal with this differently, and that's where it starts to shift back from what we talked about last week to where I wanted to go today was the idea of I need to make sure I'm maintaining my interest my desire what I hold dear and I'm acting in accordance with my integrity so that I'm looking at this from the lens of it's not does my partner understand me or not it's it's did did I speak clearly about the way I wanted to phrase it now I see what happens because that's the difference now we're now we got the relationship that has a chance to work this thing out
0: right and that word integrity is so vitally important because what usually happens in this dynamic where one person really feels as if they want need and deserve you know reciprocation in the sexual relationship and they're just not getting it over and over and over and over again what usually happens is the opposite of integrity what usually happens is they compromise their own sexual standards right. and they go and find it with somebody else but then that that doesn't solve any problems it creates other right. slews of problems right. that now you have to sift through a much deeper pile of crap to get to. So, yes, acknowledging that my needs are not being met. I am a human being with limitations on how much of this I can tolerate. And every person is going to be different. One person may be able I've I've talked to people who have tolerated it for over 40 Mm-hmm. years. Sure. And then I have other people who are in year four of their marriage and scratching their head and going, should I just go ahead and get out now? Cause I don't see that this is going any place good. So every person has their own threshold of what they can tolerate, but at least be a person of integrity about it and communicate very clearly what you feel as if you can tolerate and what you feel as if you can't. And some people may call that an ultimatum. I do call it just being a person of integrity of, of just speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. And then giving that person the opportunity to respond that if they want to be in a marriage, they have to engage on some level. I mean, cause let's be real. There are some spouses out there that their idea of marriage is just to run the household and raise the kids. But the idea of personal emotional sexual connection is something they just don't want to face right. for whatever reason. Right. It represents something totally different. That's the bottom line is that it represents something completely different to both spouses sometimes.
1: Yeah. And so to, to put it out there means to me, first off, you've got to confront yourself and see how, how well am I living in my own character and integrity. Because here, here's how sophisticated this can get. Tell me if you've seen this with some of the clients you've worked with or even in your own life if you want to go there, Shannon. But it's, I, I do it in mine of I want something from Pam, right? Let's say I want sex from her, but I want her to want it with me. And so, therefore, I sit back and wait till I see that she wants it, rather than me put because pre- I don't want to put pr- I don't want to pressure it, you know. And that's how sophisticated it gets. Like I, what I want from her means there's going to be pressure involved, but yet I'm afraid of feeling like I'm pressuring her, so I hold back. And that's my own self getting in the way, not her. That has yeah. nothing to do yeah. with her. I've got clients too that have come across. I love the phraseology because what clicked with them was. They were coming in and in their mind with the script they were playing of their spouse was she was version two, 1.0. You know, she, he was still going from the early versions of where she said no about this or no, I'm not interested in that or had lower desire or whatever. And he hadn't allowed for software updates in the way he viewed his own wife. And so she had kind of come to where I feel like I'm 4.0. And he had to now adjust to hold on. This is a whole new framework. Yeah. And so a lot of his trouble is him, not her, but mm-hmm. we put, pl- we place the blame on our on the partner person changed, yeah. because yeah. it's the whole, well, that's, it's your fault. It's because of this. It's because of that rather than no, it's the way I'm reading the situation and it's, well, I need to change me. I need to challenge me in this.
0: Well, and the reality is, is everybody is going to grow. And evolve and hopefully blossom throughout the course of life to say that, well, you now you're different than when I married you. Well, they better be, because if they're going to stagnate at who they were when they married you at 22 years old, what fun is that? Um, Their bodies certainly don't stagnate. So why shouldn't their mind and their spirit and their approach to relationships, why shouldn't all that blossom? So we have to learn to blossom together together. so I've, j- I've jotted down three things I want to toss out there before we wrap up, Corey. Number one, I think you have so hit the nail on the head with the core of what we expect from marriage is that we want to be wanted. Yep. And, and sometimes we feel needed, but feeling needed isn't nearly as euphoric as feeling wanted. No, we, and I well,
1: think- the way I phrase that is everybody wants to be wanted, but we settle for feeling needed.
0: Yeah. And so that's where we
1: start doing things that are covert and manipulative so that we feel needed at least, because at least that seems to take the edge off, even though need versus want are completely different things.
0: But to say to your spouse, you need me can be a huge offense and turn off. Mm -hmm. But to say to your spouse, I want you to want me. That's, you know, that's a compliment that that's a very different, that's a very different sentiment to say to your spouse, I need you is very different than to say to your spouse. I want you.
1: Well, okay. That's, I I like that, but to say to my spouse that I want her to want me, that's beyond my control. And, but we we, we try to act like it is in our control.
0: Yeah, I know, but it's still at the core of who we are as human beings. We we want to be wanted. There's no way that we can deny that. I agree. Um, And another thing is that, um, you know, it's. I've used the analogy many times before, but the whole thing of if you throw a wrench up in the air, there's going to be one partner who's going to grab it faster than the other one, and then they're going to look at their partner and say, why didn't you catch it? And the other partner is probably going to respond, I had every intention of catching it, but you did it first. So the whole thing of pursuit maybe it really is the spouse's intention that I'm going to get around to it. They're working themselves up to it. No,
1: no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow it. I don't want it to go there because I don't, I don't agree. Cause I think there are times when the spouse is like, okay, I was hoping the wrench would hit you in the head and knock the whole desire (laughs) out of you because it's easier for me to not have to confront this part of my life. And as long as you're not willing to go all the way up to the end to where you would risk leaving this thing, I don't ever have to confront that.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: That's the deeper <laughs> level because, I mean, think about it. If you have to come to grips with the idea of maybe my parents didn't do the best they could. You know, that's a whole different healing process. Or Rather maybe than my parents keep,
0: did the best they could, but it wasn't enough.
1: Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical, but I just see the selfishness of people. And yeah. I don't see it as wrong. I just see it as reality. Okay. You know, that I, when yeah, I hear. But is it okay
0: for the lower desire person to say, okay, I, I sense that you're losing patience with me. Can you just give me 24
1: hours? Sure. Because to... at least now they're confronting it differently.
0: But they're giving themselves a time limit. And and they're saying, don't lose patience with me. That's the bottom line is when the high desire partner is just Adam, 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 it it just doesn't give them an opportunity to step forward and pursue because they just feel smothered. So they're just saying, don't put the pillow over my face to say, I'm trying to fluff the pillow and and get myself psyched up for this. I need a chance to psych myself up for this. Yeah.
1: I want to take the whole pursuit out of it though. Um, Just because- I think if you keep it in the framework of high desire, low desire, we're not talking about pursuit. We're talking about responsiveness to pursuit. Okay. One of the things that I think we have to come to grips with is whoever the high desire is, if, if you're part, it's not, it, it, what helped, me, let me just personalize it. What helped me is recognizing Pam's not going to pursue the way I do. She's just not. She has right. moments and glimpses of it, yes, but overall, no, that's not her. Right. But what I want is I want her to be responsive to my pursuit.
0: Yeah, you want her to want you to pursue her.
1: Right, and so and it's, yeah. it's it's just, it's the idea of, okay, and some of this might seem semantic in the conversation because we're talking about wordsmith stuff here. But
0: words have meaning.
1: Absolutely they do. And so it's recognizing that this is a – I don't know. Fundamentally speaking, this is life on life terms in the world we live in. This is the way people are. People look out for their own interests. That's just who they are. Right. So those of you that have emailed and said marriage should be commonality and mutuality and love and affection, yes, but it's also a whole lot deeper and darker.
0: But it's also work and struggle and and that was the the, my final thought for today's show is I just want to acknowledge that we've got a lot of single people listening to our show trying to anticipate what marriage is going to be like and they may be scared of shows like this but here's the thing when you're looking at a potential mate don't just ask yourself who can I be intimate with who do I want to have sex with the rest of my life you need to be asking yourself who can I struggle with the rest of my life who who Mm -hmm. can I rub up against to sharpen because mm-hmm. there is a lot of sharpening that takes place within a marriage relationship. But this so is going on beyond
1: real, Yeah, but, but it's
0: so worth it.
1: But even to those of you that are single, this is going on, this is going on in your relationships. Now you just don't see it because they're not as com- committed. You
0: right. know, you have
1: boss relationships, you have family relationships, you know, let me ask you a question. Have, all
0: negotiations.
1: Let me ask you a question from your own upbringing, Shannon, of if, when you get together with family for holidays, do you know, in uh, even as open and as edgy as you are, do you yes, know of some off-limit topics?
0: Oh, absolutely. There you
1: go. So, no, it's absolutely. Just the, it's you know same, where you shouldn't go. Yeah, it's the same thing that we have those. And, and if we're living marriage close proximity to somebody else, there's no way we can't avoid butting up against those things. Yeah. And that's where that's about me and my definition and willingness to lean into that. Rather than my partner helping me feel comfortable so I can. Yeah. And that's the and let, crux of what I want be, to get across.
0: And let's be real until you honestly state what you, what you need, what you desire, what you expect and and where your limitations are until you light that fire, the person may never jump. Let's be real. As humans, we get deep in our comfort zones, yeah. deep in our ruts. And sometimes it takes a fire being lit under our butts yeah. before we ever well, take action.
1: Cause the most of, I mean, most of our field, this is one of the things I tell my clients that most of our field, you know, one of the things they're looking for is those aha moments where it's just that, oh now I make sense. Okay, I see from my family of origin this is why I seek this and this is why I do that. And I look for the oh crap moments. <laughs> that's where that's where change is fundamentally happening. Yeah. Because where you start to recognize, oh crap, I'm sending that kind of a signal, I'm living that kind of I, no, I'm not living that way anymore. I'm not, uh, you know, now all of a sudden I've got the impetus to really start to challenge me because a lot of the times it's so much easier if I could get, you know, it, part of what makes our show what it is, I think, is that we don't see eye to eye. And obviously if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, Shane and I are not married to each other. We have different relationships that we're we're bringing into this fold, but we also are both therapists and tra- or trained therapists and coaches and such, and so... We, we have different lenses. And but so, show
0: me two people <laughs> whose lenses are totally identical. There's True. no there's no such thing on the planet. True.
1: But the idea of if we saw things eye to eye all the time, this would be one of the most boring shows there is. <laughs> so yeah. it's just recognizing that's marriage.
0: Tension causes growth. Of,
1: of recognizing that things will be shown and things will be seen and revealed – by just living with somebody else that does not see life the way you do. And and largely that also means they're a different gender. So they never could see life right. the way you do. They're so, not
0: you. Forgive so, them for not being you.
1: So it's recognizing that there's some deep, dark sides of married life. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, um, go to simplemarriage.net and just Google the dark side of, of marriage. Because I've got a couple different posts talking about this kind of concept that's just sharing. There's a, an, a shadow thing that are going on that we don't talk about, but it's there. Sure. And, and it's not how we change it. It's just realizing I've got it in my own marriage. I know it. And I can't get rid of it because that's part of who we are. But I can yeah. like Megatour doesn't wreak as much havoc. There you go. And that's the difference. And a lot of that has been coming down to me leaning into things and being able to be honest and act in accordance with what i hold dear and what my character and integrity is all about and if pam doesn't like that now i've got some more honest stuff i can really do
0: yeah be authentic and expect your spouse to be the same
1: yep okay well i need to come up for air maybe go get a drink (laughs) smoke a cigarette (laughs) (laughs) this was sexy marriage radio thanks for spending some time with us see you next time we love you for
0: listening If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at sexymarriageradio.com by clicking on the purple button.